Welcome to The Untrue Show, a personal journal covering pop culture, millennial life, relationships, and career from an untrue point of view, hosted by me, Dana Jones. Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2020, and I am so excited for the new year. I just accomplished one of my first goals, which was a 100-hour fast. I feel like that almost deserves its own episode to talk about that experience, so I'll save the details for later. Today, I'm really excited to talk a lot more about what I do in a day-to-day and the state of that space. So I am a digital marketer. I think I've dropped breadcrumbs about that in previous episodes, but today we're really going to focus on that industry and that lane of things. So we're going to talk about the state of digital in 2020. When I say digital, I mean all things marketing online. That is email marketing, social media marketing, AdWords, like web ads, um, influencer marketing, all of these things that we look at on a day-to-day basis and sometimes might not even pay that much attention to. But if you're me and you work in this space, you pay a lot of attention to it. I'm always looking out for really great emails. Um, In fact, I follow this website called Really Great Emails that sends out a newsletter and they have really great social media that tells you who's doing email well and who's doing it um, not so well. They give critiques around design and coding and around the offer and the opportunity and the copywriting because so much goes into email marketing. I'm telling you, you wouldn't even know. Like, that's a whole separate topic. <laughs> Today, I'm going to talk about what I see on the horizon in the immediate future and maybe slightly beyond, beyond that. I mean, digital is changing so fast. So, there's a lot to look forward to. And I think a lot of good comes out of using digital marketing. So, I'm speaking from a professional working in the space. And that's the view I'm going to take on this topic in this episode. So starting off, first things first, I'm going to talk about one of the big things that we covered at the Email Insider Summit that I went to last month in December in Utah, and that was failure. So I really believe working in certain organizations that leadership really wants to own all of the goods out of digital and not have any of the bad things happen, which is a really backwards approach to it because a lot of the biggest lessons I've learned in digital are from making mistakes. And a lot of times when you're starting something, you might not necessarily know how it's going to work, how your audience is going to consume it, how they're going to respond to it and how engaged they're going to be. So you really have to accept you might have 100 failures before you get that one really, really, really big win. Hopefully it's not 100 big failures, but maybe 100 small failures, maybe 50 small failures just to, you know, make it not as scary. But you're going to have a couple of missteps before you really get the big wins because you're learning and if you if you learn from those 50 times then you won't make it into 100 times where you're messing up and you will be able to show success to your leadership you'll be able to drive revenue you'll be able to drive brand value which are really two important goals of digital marketing um, that I'm sure most organizations have incorporated in a key performance indicator so I really think that leadership has to understand that you're going to have some failures. Not everything's going to be a win and you can't cover up all the blind spots and you can't not try things because you're so afraid to fail. The next one I'm going to say is what I've learned over the past few years is that there's there's a lot more stories to tell about wins in digital and a lot more stories to tell and case studies around how successful things have worked for some businesses. But 
you can't just copy and paste what another business has done into a different business. For example, at the Email Insider Summit I went to, we heard from Chobani, we heard from Scott's Miracle Grow. It's two different business sectors, two different target audiences. There might be some overlap in the audiences, but they can't have the same messaging. You know, you see some brands like a luxury brand has one message, whereas a fast fashion brand has a totally different because they're talking maybe to the same people, but maybe not to the same people. And you can't speak to them in the same language and you can't throw out a, a $5,000 bag to people who don't have a lot of money. You can't promote it in the same way. And you have to be really cautious about your voice to that audience. So I'd say in 2020, we're going to really start looking at the results that people are presenting and trying to find a way to make it into a win for specific audiences, other audiences, not the same ones, but not doing just a copy and paste like, oh, well, they did a really great campaign that lasted 14 days that sent out. 15 emails that did all these Instagram posts. Well, every business doesn't really need Instagram per se. Every business doesn't have like crazy engaged fans on business on Instagram, like a Chobani or like a Louis Vuitton or like a Nordstrom. Like this is just a different scope of business from other brands who might do like railroading or transunion or financials. Like they're not going to be engaged the same. No audience is. And every audience has their unique challenges. So how do you overcome those challenges and really get into trying things and going back to that failure thing, trying things and seeing what's going to work instead of assuming that you have to do something just because your technology does it or just because you believe it's the right thing to do or because you see other people doing it. That's no reason to take on different aspects of digital just because other people are doing it and winning at it. Is it really going to work for your audience? Ask yourself that. And sometimes you have to test and flop and see that it's not going to work. That kind of leads into the next topic I want to talk about is this obsession with personalization. Personalization is such a big buzzword. I feel like it's like big data was a couple years ago. Big data, big data, big data. Everybody was talking about it. And I think everyone is talking about personalization in the same regard. But is it really worth it? Sometimes it's not worth it to make sure your data is up to this certain standard or level to send out this email one time to an audience or, you know, there's, there's no way to test. There's only the only way to do it is to test it. And if you're personalizing, you really have to be able to try it in different ways, test it out, see what works, see what doesn't work before you can say, this is it for us. And sometimes it just flops. I honestly believe that there's some brands I want that personalized experience from and then some I don't really notice that I'm not getting it. So if I'm not noticing that I'm not getting it, it doesn't really bother me and it's just not a thing, then it's just not a thing. I think the biggest opportunity for businesses out there that not a lot of them are taking advantage of is personalizing content to the person on their birthday. I feel like that's the easiest way to have an automated brand value generating email or ad on digital that targets someone knowing that it's their birthday. Simple. <laughs> Simple and so many brands aren't doing it, but they're they're on the other end like trying to do the most and trying to send me these personalized ads. In fact, I got a targeted an ad on Instagram that was for condominiums in Rancho Cucamonga, California. So 
there's no way that I looked at anything in my internet history that would indicate I'm interested in condos in Rancho Cucamonga, California. I have been looking at condos in the area where I live in Atlanta, but I have not been looking that far out. So the person managing that ad is wasting dollars on trying to get me to come over and convert and click on something like there. I'm not even considering that area and I have not looked at properties out there. So understanding who you're communicating with and who you're going to target, I think is a big thing and getting it right and making sure your dollars are being allocated well to get that personalized, unique experience. Because if you're targeting the wrong person and they're engaging, that's not much value to the person trying to sell that very expensive condo in Rancho Cucamonga because I don't even live anywhere near there and I'm not moving out there. So getting it right is something we're going to continue to work towards. And I think Brands are going to step back from personalization a little bit. I know some are going hard for it, but I think the ones that are really smart and understand it's not that valuable will reduce some of the personalization efforts. Everything doesn't have to be super, super personalized. It just really doesn't. Some offers I really like that are not specifically personalized to me but then there's some brands I expect that experience from like Sephora uh like any brands I've shopped at and you know things about me like you should be sending me content that tells me or offers me more opportunity to buy things similar to what I've purchased in the past that's where I really like it but there's other places where I'm like oh that's kind of creepy that you know that kind of creepy that you use that I'm not likely to engage more because you know this information about me and then how do you even know it where'd you get it from that kind of sets in sometimes too is like well how do you know I did that how do you know I go here how do you know I'm on that um I've noticed that before I started MBA program I did a lot of research and a lot of those companies never clean up their data to know like I'm in MBA program now they don't try to update that data and so I'm getting these personalized messages because I did look for all that stuff maybe two years ago but where I am currently I prefer different messaging or they'd attract or give me incentive to open based on different offers I'd love to see those, but I'm sure that's not where their priorities are. They really want to get people enrolled in their MBA programs. They really want to get people enrolled in their content marketing programs. And that's just not, I'm not in that target anymore, but why don't they know that? You know, (laughs) um, yeah. Why don't they ask me if I'm, if I'm still interested? A lot of, I don't think many of them do. So just thinking through that, uh, I think it's a big thing I've noticed is, Everybody wants to use it. Everybody thinks it's the bomb. It's the new obsession buzzword. But is it worth it for your business? Probably not always. I think determine it. Test it. Fail at it. Win at it. Succeed at it. And see what works for you. So another big thing that I've been really, really engaged with, another topic, is the technology. So The technology that we work with as digital marketers can do so many things, but the technology's on a whole different level than the talent. So the talent really has to catch up to that technology and right now the way that teams are populated with talent might not meet the expectations of what the technology is capable of or what 
the business expects it to do. So how do you adjust that talent and figure out what talent you need on your team to build out all of the offers or opportunities you want to do in the technology? And then what, what things make sense for the technology you're using and what, what offers make sense for your business? There's a lot to think through. And I think it takes the right knowledgeable strategic person to do this I feel like I'm very knowledgeable and strategic about this particularly with some of the email channels and social channels that we use because they're very expensive but it really takes a knowledgeable person to see okay this piece of content got a lot of engagement this is how we tweak it going forward this is the value it adds to the business and then also to set those goals and expectations in the front you can say hey impressions are not necessarily what we want to do they're nice but here's how many people came to the website from this offer here's money how many actions were taken here's how many people did not convert here's how many people bounce or here's how many people didn't spend a lot of time on the page really looking at those granular metrics and saying this is where we need to put our efforts versus jumping into a new tool and saying, we got to do this, we got to do that, we got to do this, we got to do that, because that's not always the best route to go. And trust me, I've been through that experience several times where I worked at a small place and we got a new email technology with all these really big expectations, but we never really wrote down our goals. And if you're a person that works in digital and you have to use that technology, oftentimes the brunt of the burden of bringing on a new technology falls on your shoulders. And if you're not using it the way the business wants to, it falls on that person. And that person was me. And it makes it difficult to really find a way to make the tool work for the business. The business didn't have goals. So if the business doesn't have goals, how do you use the technology? If I set goals and the goals are not adopted by leadership, like that's another challenge that you face. So it doesn't matter how well the technology works if you don't have goals, if you don't have a strategy, if you don't have a plan. I've seen it happen three or four times now, and I know just buying something because you have the budget to buy it doesn't mean that you have the ability to use it. It's hopes and dreams. So the next thing that I want to talk about is just the social channel. So in 2020, I think that TikTok is going to continue to just blow up, especially with micro influencers. I really enjoy the content that I consume on there. It's so fun and enjoyable and lighthearted. And I hope that more diverse content creators move to TikTok and are able to get influencer marketing campaigns through TikTok. It's just so fun. Um, I haven't made my first TikTok yet. I'm on there as the great Dana J. So I've been following a couple pages just watching. But honestly, I think the beauty of social media channels is you can get on them and you can watch and you can watch. But the fun comes in when you start making your own content. So that's maybe one of my January goals to get on there and like make something and see how it works and learn how it can add value to an influencer marketing campaign or even value to a business. Another thing that I think is I feel like Twitter growth has kind of slowed, but I'm hoping that Twitter is able to become more of a force again. I really miss the level of what is it? What would I call it? Level of relationship, level of engagement that used to be there uh, on Twitter. And I'd really like to make more in real life connections. So I'm going to work through that connecting with more people. I think the connections are still happening, but just at a slower pace than they used to. The engagement is still happening, but again, just at a slower pace. A lot of people are leaving Twitter. 
And I know Twitter, even when they had Vine, had a lot of challenges with trolls, a lot of fake accounts, a lot of bots, just making up content and just being really nasty. And that was the reason why Vine had its demise. To me, there were so many really great creators there, but they didn't feel like it was a safe place for them to create because Twitter didn't really penalize people who were spamming them or being really mean and Twitter has a really loose policy around punishing users who are harassing others or abusing others and I think hopefully that's one thing that they take a little bit more ownership of in 2020 and they you know dial it back a little bit or dial it up a little bit in terms of managing those those comments managing those trolls taming the beast (laughs) um I think that hopefully TikTok doesn't have as much of a problem there. I I believe with the social channels going forward that there's just going to be hopefully little tweaks here and there that make them, you know, even more enjoyable than they already are. I use Twitter regularly, daily. I use Instagram daily and um, I'm in Facebook groups. That's where I'm the most engaged in terms of professional stuff. So professionally, I'm really in a lot of other groups and coll- with collaborators and my tribes talking about, current state future state trends what's happening and that's where I get a lot of energy and a little a lot of excitement and learning what's happening what's going on and having that space to collaborate another thing that I'd love to talk about is the data and privacy and use so I know the CCPA which is the California uh, Protection Act around data just came out and then GDPR was a big thing in the last couple years but I think more states are going to start giving consumers back more rights to their privacy which is really important because a lot of times well maybe this is a behind the scenes secret, but what you don't know sometimes as a consumer is businesses know so much about you. They're buying information about you to know your demographics, to know all kinds of things about you in order to target and personalize advertising to you. When things are personalized to an extent, consumers do engage and spend more money. Some personalization, again, we talked about that a little bit already, but at some level of personalization, offers are directly targeted to you and you kind of know okay this is for me and even if you visit a website and they pop up with an ad later that is a level of personalization because they know things about you through the cookies or through different targeting metrics that they use so consumers are going to get more rights back to that privacy that we'd kind of signed off before and businesses are going to have to be more transparent about what they're doing with your data and information so I got a lot of emails about this over the holiday break where it was saying updates to our privacy policy that's kind of what they're updating they have to disclose that to you and they want you to know so you're still engaged with them in the future and they give you a heads up another trend that I've been seeing in this space is this the talent pool so It seems like the talent pool is wide and deep and vast to an extent, but driving the results sometimes is difficult to express. So I've been able and fortunate enough to work at places where I've been able to see results on the work I've done. But I don't think that all marketers are getting that opportunity to say, I worked on XYZ project, here's the results that were driven from that project. And I'd implore any marketers out there that are listening to make sure whatever role you go to, whatever place you work at, that you're keeping really close track of that. I have worked at places in the past that don't have goals for digital. They don't have goals for marketing. 
it's just the nature of the beast and it happens by saying that I'm in, I'm really trying to encourage you to develop your own. If no one adopts them, if no one recognizes them, if no one implements them, that's fine. But you know them and you know year over year or month over month or week over week, the improvements you're making to the organization's platforms by what you're doing. And if you get nothing out of this podcast, I hope you really heard me there because it's really important now to have that proof of what you've done. It's really important to be able to prove that you've driven value for the organization through the work that you've done. I actually quit a job years ago because I was just kind of in almost like a groundhog day of a day-to-day tasks. And I wasn't really able to own the results of what was happening. And it was kind of like just write tweets, just write posts and not being able to see the value was driving to the business. So ultimately I said, okay, I really need to learn more aspects of this and be able to own more aspects of this to show, you know, to have a sustainable career, just putting it like that. And if you're at a place that doesn't have these goals, you probably need to be thinking about that too, because any place that doesn't set the goals, but puts you in charge of the tools, I don't know how long they're going to be around. You really have to have goals to drive the value of digital and to prove the value of digital. So people don't question what you do and the value that you add. You understand it. You know it. You can own it and you can always show it. Social proof. (laughs) Be able to show it off. Um, I'm in a group on Facebook where it's a group of women who work in marketing and communications. And that's always the advice we're giving to people when they show their resume, put some metrics on it, put some results on it because anyone can throw up that they managed a Twitter account, that they managed a Facebook account. But if you manage the ads, if you did manage those accounts, how much revenue did you drive to the business? How much engagement did you drive to the business? How much did you increase their follower account by? How much did you grow their subscription list by? How much did you influence purchase decisions? All of those things are much harder to say that you did, but you have to do it. So get to that place where you're able to, if you're a marketer. All right. I feel like I covered a lot today, um, but that's kind of what I'm seeing ahead in 2020. And I'm excited. I feel like digital is always evolving and there's always something to look forward to. I'm looking forward to what I feel like is the the marketer equivalent of Christmas, the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks. I really enjoy watching the ads and seeing which ones are the best, which ones are the worst, which company is going to do the most, you know, engagement outside of the game on social. We'll see. Um, I'm always looking forward to that and really excited. Maybe some brands will do some stuff on TikTok. So can't wait for that. And I'll definitely have an episode about that in the well after it happens right I'm kind of excited that the Patriots and Saints will not be in the Super Bowl because I'm a Falcons fan so (laughs) but we won't get into football today thank you so much for listening I really appreciate it I'm so excited about continuing my podcast for 2020 and I have a lot of things planned hope you guys keep tuning in to episodes in the future you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Great Dana J. My blog is thegreatdanaj.com. I'm on Facebook as the Great Dana J too. So all those places. You can listen to my podcast on the Apple Store, Spotify, Google Play, or Podbean where I host it. And 
If you like the podcast, give me a review. I really appreciate it. If you hate the podcast, that's feedback too, and it will help me improve it. Thanks again, and I'll be back soon.